Our youth are being heard on Sound Off. 98.5 KISS FM. Sound We're more than just a radio show. We're a family. Where teens have a voice. Here we talk about topics that are relevant to the community. As well as things that interest us. Yeah, we're teenagers. But we have stuff that we want to say. And we're going to do that now. 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 We sound off and you can sound off too. Sound off. Good morning to you, all of our amazing listeners. We welcome you to Sound Off. Uh, we're heard weekly on your favorite radio station. In addition to our podcast, my name is Claudine Lance Schofield. And so on this morning, I'm really honored to have as our very special guest, uh, my Sarah, my friend, uh, Dr. Tommy Lawson. And she is a licensed professional counselor. Mm-hmm. And uh, welcome back. It's been a while since you've been on, Dr. Lawson. So just would like to say good morning to you and how have you been? Good morning, good morning, good morning. All is well, all is well. Thank you for having me back. Well, listen, so before we get started, since it's been a little while since you've been on, if you would take the opportunity, you know, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Certainly. So I'm a licensed professional counselor. I'm licensed in South Carolina, North Carolina, and Georgia. I am also a counselor educator. I teach uh, at a university online that I I totally enjoy doing that and having that balance where I can uh, share real life examples with my students. Um, And then additionally to that, I do a lot of consulting uh, work with a lot of um, Fortune 500 companies, other uh, organizations. I love that. It just kind of keep things fresh, keep things new. And um, yeah, that, that about does it. That's a lot, <laughs> that, but that's absolutely good stuff. And, and you know, it is so needed because the type of work that you do, I, I say so often, it's almost, it's ministry, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah, yeah. we live in a world that people are hurting. And so you get the opportunity to uh, make people's lives a whole lot better. So for that, I celebrate and I say thank you before we even get started. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, You know, Dr. Lawson, when I called you, I was like, listen, we got to do something on grief. And so we know, I think a lot of things came out when we went through, you know, the pandemic with COVID and and just so many people. I was talking to one of my colleagues on um, yesterday, and we were just talking about how many lives were lost during uh, the pandemic, you know, from COVID, Um, but not necessarily that. That's major. But then even going through the holidays, I think Mm -hmm. people grieve and a lot of people are still grieving. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to do a show and I wanted you to come on and just, you know, kind of give us some tips and kind of talk to us and walk us through this grieving process. Uh, So the very first thing I would like to ask, if you would just in layman's term, define what exactly is grief? Yeah, great question. Great place to start. I think so many people associate grief with uh, a death of a loved one, right? And that is true, but that's not all grief is. Grief is also mourning the loss of a tradition, mourning the loss of a routine, mourning the loss uh, or a change in um, um, a life circumstance, right? Mm -hmm. So you could mourn a loss of a job, a pet, 
um, living in a different city. Maybe it was your hometown. So you're, you're, you're grieving that loss of that sense of normalcy you have. So grief is bigger than just death. It's all about there's been some kind of change, a significant change or loss that one has experienced that we're wishing that we could have back. Wow. Yeah. And so I, I noticed you mentioned the word uh, grief and then mourning. And so if you would just tell, talk to us a little bit more about that, the difference between the two, or is it major, major? I know you touch on it, but let's talk a little more about that. Yeah, I think the word is interchangeable. Okay. I feel like mourning is one of those words that kind of the word itself kind of implies that there's some kind of action that's happening, right? I'm mourning. There's a process that I'm going through, whereas grieving sounds like, um, you know, there is this one time transaction and I need to hurry up and get done with it. Um, but the words are, are definitely interchangeable. You can use one over the other. I feel like the word mourning has a more spiritual flair to it. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So you'll hear that more so when we go into our houses of worship, um, but they're definitely interchangeable. Okay. Uh, the other thing I was thinking about is, you know, so often, and I know it can't be healthy, people internalize. You know, uh, you know, even if they're going through situations, circumstances, they don't really like to verbalize what they're going through. So how dangerous is it uh, for us to internalize grief or not to be able, you know, the, the main thing is not even having someone to talk to. So is that really dangerous when people internalize? Definitely, definitely. You know, and as you as I start thinking more about the word mourning, there's this longing for something that has transitioned or ended, right? And so if you're going through a space where there has been this significant change where you're still longing for that thing, but you don't express it or you don't give yourself an opportunity to really process it and accept it then that does turn into what we call complicated grief. It can show up as depression. Um, studies and research have shown that it can uh, result in chronic illness. Um, there's an excellent book called The Body Keeps Score. And the author talks about the impact of trauma. And some losses, some things we grieve are traumatic. Mm -hmm. um, you think of a couple that's been married 50 years and a partner uh, transitions, dies. That's significant. That's trauma, right? Mm -hmm. And so the body keeps score. There's a, there's some hurt and some pain there. And if, if it's left unattended, it could show up as um, a, a heart attack or a stroke or, you know, fill in the blank. Um, so that's why it's so important that we, one, normalize our conversations around grief, um, have a space where we feel safe and transparent so that we can talk about it and not let it just fester. Um, and then also just making sure that our health professionals understand that if we had this significant life event, um, that they're aware as well, because your blood pressure is gonna naturally be up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, your blood sugar may have been spiked because of the added stress. So it's important that all parties know what's going on so they can better work and support you. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And one thing I'm really proud of is the fact that we have normalized, you know, mm -hmm. even talking about mental health, mental illness, and even, you know, now with you being able to come on and talk about grief. And mm -hmm. so I want to move on and talk about the five stages of grief. Can we talk about that a little? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of people hear about the five stages of grief um, that was coined um, by this therapist who 
um, later when she was diagnosed, I think with cancer or something, she was like, throw that all to the trash. Like that's all trash. <laughs> Breathing wow. is hard. Like, so there's no um, circular process, right? There's not this, okay, I'm gonna go through this step. And then now I'll move to this step. It's a zigzag back and forth all around the moon and back um, is, is how the grieving process works. And grieving doesn't, you know, some people think, oh, I'm no longer grieving because I'm not crying. That Tears aren't the only thing um, that expresses grief. So it's we have to be cognizant of that. I think the five stages are important in helping us categorize where we are in that moment. Um, but th it is definitely not something that I want people to walk away with thinking that that is the order, that is the steps. Mm -hmm. They have to happen in those kind of um, places, uh, in those kind of stages. One will experience anger. One will feel like, why me? Why not, you know, why why them and why not me? You know, we go through those stages of contemplation um, and those kind of things, but recognizing that it's all cumulative. You can have, you know, embrace the both and. You can experience anger and sadness at the same time. You can experience, you know, multiple um, feelings. Um, you know, you might have had a loved one who died because they had experienced a long illness and you know they were in pain. So you may be like, wow, I'm so glad that they're no longer suffering and they're in a place of peace. Right. You want to celebrate that, but you also can embrace the, but you long for them. You miss their presence and what that space they held in your heart. Wow. And, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, I was thinking about the fact that I know I have uh, family members that have been, you know, deceased for years. I'm talking about a lot of years, but sometimes it's, it's certain things that trigger or something that can remind you. And then you still go through that sad period. And so I guess I want to ask, does grief ever end? Yeah, that's a great question. And I will argue that it doesn't. If okay. someone leaves that big of an imprint, that significant of an imprint on our heart, it never, ever stops. You carry that person with you all the time. Um, I was triggered this morning. My first client, she started talking about the loss of her brother. And I was like, oh, I tried hard to maintain, yeah. but it was a trigger for me. Um, and so, and it's so crazy. Little, I call little, little things might cause one to be triggered. Um, you see someone wearing a jacket that perhaps that loved one wore, or you recognize a familiar scent. For me, it's blue magic. Hate the smell of blue magic shaving, but it reminds me of my brother, right? And so um, that triggers a, a memory. I think it's important to think about, and I know we're going to talk about this more in detail, about how we can still honor those people. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I also want to make sure I'm not limiting my conversation to those people because, again, it could be traditions. Right. Um, maybe you're used to doing Christmas with grandma and them, um, but grandma can't travel. And so now you're having to do uh, a Christmas tradition differently. Right. right. So again, that's a loss. That's a grief. Right. That's experiencing grief. Um, so, again, I just want to make sure we don't limit it to just people. It could be tra traditions. It could be routines. It could be. Um, any of those things where something was taken away from us that we still long for. That's definitely a good point. Uh, and that's the reason why I'm so honored that you're joining us on this morning. Again, our very special guest is Dr. Tommy Lawson. Uh, she's a licensed professional counselor. And uh, we got to say thank you to all of our amazing sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Our youth are being heard on Sound Off. 98.5 KISS FM. Sound Off. To you, all of our amazing listeners, welcome back to Sound Off. Again, 
heard weekly on your favorite radio station in addition to our podcast. And uh, we're really honored on this morning to have as our very special guest, uh, Dr. Tommy Lawson, who is a licensed uh, professional counselor. And our topic or the subject that we're dealing with this morning is grief. And so I want to say once again, good morning to you, Dr. Lawson. Good morning. And, and I think you and I both agree that it's something about doing the holiday season that, you know, grief, uh, I don't know if it's a tr certain, like you talked about in the in the other segment, certain things trigger grief. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm really thankful that you were able to come on and, you know, let's talk about this. And so we're going to jump back into it. And the first thing that I want to ask you in this segment is what are some signs that um, a person uh, might notice if someone is grieving? Yeah, yeah. Before I acknowledge that question, something just popped in my mind um, is that loss of significant relationships. So maybe it's uh, with a partner, a romantic partner or a best friend. Um, we see a lot of things in the news lately where um, the lives, I, I don't know, I, I just I'm literally at a loss of words. Um, the young lady who was murdered um, in the uh, Mexico, I believe, yeah, by it's from Charlotte, the young lady from Charlotte. Yes, yes Lord yes. have mercy. Yeah, that so was that was tragic. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, there, but hopefully, no one's uh, friendships escalate to that point. Um, but you know, maybe you and a best friend are no longer speaking, or you and a sister are no longer speaking. So that's grieving the loss of that significant relationship. So again, I just kind of want to normalize the word grief right. and expand it beyond um, just death. Um, and so you asked me some signs that one might notice if they are experiencing what I call complicated grief. You know, mm -hmm. they're, they're not grieving in a way that is healthy. Uh, we talked briefly about the five stages, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Denial looks like um, someone um, has transitioned and it's a year now and their clothes are still in the closet. So you're denying that that person is truly gone or you're still um, holding on to something of significance that belongs to that person because you believe, you truly believe that the person is coming back. So that's what denial looks like on the worst end of the, the spectrum. Anger looks just like the word we, we um, are used to experiencing anger. Someone might put up really strong boundaries, right? And say, I don't want to talk about it, or you're not allowed over. Um, that's really the anger that's speaking, um, that's pronouncing the grief that they may um, be experiencing. Um, depression might look like perhaps the person that you're used to seeing that person with their hair done, nails done, everything done, done, but all of a sudden you notice that their self-maintenance has declined or um, they've shared with you that um, perhaps they're not, um, they're sleeping all the time or they're, or they're not bathing as regularly as they would normally um, typically do. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the key kind of things. If you notice folks are pulling away, they're not as, as, um, uh, vocal or participating in things that they would normally um, participate in. If you notice, like if their favorite hobby is something that they do all the time, regardless, and you notice that that has declined, again, another sign of um, grief to the point where perhaps we need to bring in a professional so that we can do some, some deeper dive and work through um, what's really going on. And so, you know, the unfortunate thing is that people don't seek professional help, then how 
how bad can it really get in terms of you say the withdrawal and then some people go into deep depression. And so as a professional counselor um, at that stage, would you say it's probably the best time to seek professional help? It'll be great if they can do it even before okay. um, recognizing that if it is a death, most funeral homes offer free grief counseling support. So taking advantage of that. Don't think, oh, I don't need it right now or, oh, I'll be fine. Um, but taking advantage of that immediately would be helpful. Um, just telling your story, talking about, uh, you know, pull out the family albums and tell the stories that the pictures are showing. Mm -hmm. uh, what was really behind that? What was going on before the, the picture was taken? Um, having those kind of conversations are awesome ways to begin to express the grief. Um, and I'm not suggesting that every person has to go to a therapist. Again, right, right. those kind of conversations with family and friends, right? Mm -hmm. um, but but if you do feel like you need that impartial place, that safe place where um, perhaps you still might be holding some anger or resentment towards that person for leaving un unexpected, unexpectedly. And so you need a safe place to express that and process that. Certainly seek therapy. Um, and then, you know, if it's complicated grief, you know, if it's been festering, again, let your medical doctor know as well, um, because there are complications that can show up. Again, diabetes, high blood pressure, um, all of those things can um, surface because of um, complicated grief. Yeah, and I think you touch on it, but I, I want to really go in depth. Um, everybody might not seek professional help. Mm -hmm. So like if I have somebody that I know is just grieving, what is the best way for me to be able to support them mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and for them to know that sincerely, you know, not anything, not that fake watered down stuff, but just yeah. really, really, really being able to let that person know. What, what would you say about that? How, how should we go about that? Yeah, I think we need to go back old school. Remember back in the day, you would go to the person's house. Yes, yes. <laughs> it wasn't, no, let me just send a text or post something on Facebook, but you right. actually showed up for that person. You set out intentional time for that person. And I think that's what we need to get back to, show up. Um, I I had a friend, she was very adamant that I not show up. I said, you know, fine, I won't show up. I'm just going to sit outside of my car and read a book for 30 minutes. If you care to join me, we go get some coffee, great. If not, no problem. But just know I'm there for you mm. should you choose to um, want to come out. Because um, folks will put up hard boundaries sometimes, and that's that denial that might be, mm -hmm. they be going through, the anger they're going through. Um, but letting folks know that you want to be there and support them. One of the things I always ask someone is, how can I best support you? Because I don't know um, and I don't want to assume that, you know, me supporting them by bringing over a meal is what they need. They might like, I have tons of food. I just need someone. Like recently, um, I had a soror. She said, I just need, I just don't want to spend the first night in the house by myself yet. And so no problem. Hey, let's fix up the guest bedroom, I'm there. That's the support she needed. So ask how you can best support that person. Um, if they still don't know how, offer ways that you are willing. So for me, it was, I'm more than willing to spend two nights over. Um, and these are the nights I'm available. I can help you find some other sores who might be available to fill in those other gaps. So that's how I could best support this person. Um, but again, don't assume, um, ask and be intentional. Don't mm -hmm. do the text or I'm praying for you or I'm here for you. 
demonstrate that you are indeed there. I'm so glad you said that because I think we're, you know, we live in the tw- this 21st century stuff, the text or even doing something on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even if you don't respond, a text message it's still better than putting something on social media because you might not even want to go on social media or even, you know, not necessarily a phone call because people might not feel like talking. But I'm glad you said that even you sat in the car when you're ready mm-hmm. by my side or if you need to come over, just real stuff. I mean, because when people are hurting, they need to know that, you know, sincerely, genuinely that you are there for them. So I'm, I'm so happy that you talked about that. And so I want to move on. It's just so much good information. So what is the best way? We talked about that. So in addition to triggering grief, um, the holiday can also you know, feel like a time of many pressure and, and expectation causing a lot of people to pull away. So any tips or thoughts on navigating the holiday season without feeling mentally exhausted or overwhelmed? Yeah, yes. It is so key to recognize that it's a season. It's more than just a day. And I hope that we get to the point where we keep the season alive 365 days. But I do recognize that our culture kind of scrunches it in this one month and puts so much emphasis on this one day. But I think if we start reframing that and seeing that this is something that we could celebrate throughout the year, Mm -hmm. um, it would be helpful. Um, I think another thing to help with not feeling overwhelmed is to go in setting boundaries. If you know that you don't like going over to cousin so-and-so house, don't subject yourself to doing that. Absolutely. I don't want to do that, period. There's no need if you're an adult to um, explain yourself on why that doesn't work for you. And I I encourage parents to listen to their children. Don't force a child to hug a relative. Um, Let's learn how to honor boundaries, um, physical boundaries, um, so that we can, they can learn that. Um, But, you know, not everybody... um, is for our good. Sometimes I think we think that, oh, because this is cousin so-and-so or sister mm-hmm. so-and-so, that they're well, but they may not be well. Right. And so it's important that when you have boundaries and you honor your boundaries, um, and then let's teach our young folks how to um, honor those boundaries. So setting boundaries, physical boundaries, budget boundaries, don't keep swiping the swipe just to keep up with the Joneses because they buying this and they buying that or their house is decorated this way. Um, have a financial boundary so that come January, you're not depressed. Um, So that's important as well. And then third, what is really important for you in this season? So for me, it's all about making memories. Mm -hmm. It's all about, um, you know, having those kind of small moments with the people that mean the most to me um, and whatever that looks like. So is that inviting them over for some hot cocoa or me meeting them out for lunch? Whatever that thing is, do it. Don't feel like everything has to be on this grandiose scale. Right. Not everything is for the gram. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Hold some things sacred, right? And create those new traditions um, and how you want to celebrate the holiday. But then the other traditions, I think, like you said, I think people take it a little overboard and then end up getting stressed out. Right, right. It's not <laughs> worth it. And you right. lose that, that that love that you have for the season. So one thing I do is I buy my gifts all through the year. I avoid stores beginning yeah. in November. I don't go. My Christmas shopping is done, 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 done. So that's a boundary I set up for myself. Right. Um, 
I created what I call an everything box. So as I buy stuff, I just throw it in the box and then I look at my list. I pull things out and see what works. Um, and then think about handmade gifts. Don't think that everything has to come with some kind of price tag attached. Some people just enjoy taking them out for lunch or taking them out for coffee. Don't feel again that you have to do something that's so extraordinary. That's good advice. And that advice will continue in the third segment. I certainly appreciate you being on, Dr. Tommy Lawson, who is a licensed professional counselor, is our very special guest on this morning. And we're talking about grief. And I'm telling you, you're given some really good information, and we certainly appreciate that. Got to say thank you to all of our amazing sponsors. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Our youth are being heard on Sound Off 98.5 Kiss FM. Sound Our youth are being heard on Sound Off 98.5 KISS FM. To you, all of our amazing listeners, once again, welcome back to Sound Off, uh, heard weekly on your favorite radio station, in addition to our podcast. Really, really, really beyond honored to have uh, this morning as our very special guest, uh, Dr. Tommy Lawson, who is a licensed professional counselor, in addition to being a professor, in addition to being just a wonderful individual, just awesome. And I say that with all sincerity. Um, this is a really serious topic and it, it could be a little not so happy, but I think during the holiday season, uh, we're talking about grief on this morning and you're doing such an amazing job walking us through this process. And I would say that you're helping a lot of people. And so once again, good morning to you, Dr. Lawson. Good morning. So let's jump back into it. I know, I don't know too many people that probably have not. And I know you don't want to limit uh, grieving to just losing a loved one. You, you know, talked about traditions, but I want to talk about, you know, the grieving process as it relates to losing a loved one or losing a friend or, you know, a significant other or what have you. Um, how important is acceptance mm -hmm. as it relates to grieving? Yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, you go through that denial process and I don't know how healthy that is to do, but I know for sure that uh, denial comes into play. So we got to move from denial, I'm sure, to acceptance. But because you're the professional, I'm going to let you talk about that. I love it. I love it. <laughs> One thing you said um, in the opening that this is a heavy topic and it, yes. it, you know, it's a sadness. I wonder if we just take a moment and reframe it yeah. and grief as a process in which we heal, if we see grief as a process of reconnecting and honoring that mm -hmm. person that we lost. I feel like if we take it from a place of, yes, there is sadness associated with it, but while there's so much hope in it, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, you hear old folks, at least I did growing up, you know, they always said, you know, life is for the living, right? They always want to remind you that you got to keep living, right? right absolutely. Uh, and so if we take a moment and just reframe the grieving process as, as more of not just sadness, but of hope. Mm, that's good. That's good. I like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. To answer your question about acceptance, um, one of my favorite lines from the Blue Book um, in Alcoholics Anonymous, it says, acceptance today is the answer to all of my problems. That sentence is, to me is life-changing because once we get to a place of acceptance, we're no longer stuck. And acceptance isn't um, like that bulldozer just running over you and you just like, oh, this, what will be, will be. Acceptance to me is closely linked to forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And one of the definitions I love, love, love for forgiveness is 
Uh, forgiveness is letting go of the idea that the past can be any different. And I'll mm -hmm. say that again. Forgiveness is letting go of the idea that the past can be any different. And I think once we get to that place, we can then usher into acceptance, recognizing that we can't go to the past. We can't bring this person back. We can't, um, you know, if it was a job loss, we can't go back to that job. Accepting the fact that the past can't be any different. We're no longer ruminating over the woulda, coulda, shoulda, or, oh, I should have made them take that medication because then they'll still be here, right? We're going to let that go and just recognize that the past can't be any different. That to me is acceptance. That is powerful. I like that. And so it changes everything that I said in the beginning, because so often, and you know, we associate certain words with certain feelings or emotion. So when I think of grief, I think of sadness, but you flipped it around and that does make sense. And so, you know, we, I think we talked about even during the, the break. I mean, my granddaddy was somebody that, you know, was second to God. And, 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 I, you know, when I say that, I say that lightly, but I'm promise you, I mean, with high regard, Whole, I mean, just esteemed him. And so I, I share with you during the break that to keep uh, me laughing or keep his memory alive, you know, I, my granddaddy would always say, injustice never prosper. You know, so I, I say little things like that, you just ring up to, and it makes you laugh. And then some of the things that he did, you know, we often think back and start laughing about it. So it, it lightens the moment. And mm -hmm. so now it goes from grief to just being able to, you know, enjoy the lessons learned or the experiences that you had with that individual. And it makes it better. During the holiday season, I think, just personally, I really believe that sometimes you have those thoughts more often because it's, you know, it's that Christmas, especially because it's a, you know, and then Thanksgiving, a family tradition, people getting together. And so that void, you feel a little more because if that person, you know, was a part of that circle and, you know, like the elder people saying that the circle is broken, of course, you feel, you know, some kind of way. But I'm I'm happy that you were able to shed a light on that and just, yeah. uh, you know, allowing us to see it in a different light. I love it because once we get to a place of acceptance, we can then get to a place of honoring that mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. right. So and I so, must be there because I do honor. Okay, yeah, good. I'm yeah, glad you said exactly. that. Yeah, it's that place of honoring. And I love how you carry your granddad's words with you and say it out loud. Mm -hmm. That's again you saying his name out loud and honoring him, which is so critical. Um, one of the things I say, my I call him my favorite uncle, but he really wasn't. He was mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I like being around him because we right. would just do it. He would pick at me and I could pick at him. Right. Uh, but he used to always in our conversations with niece. He never would call me by my name. I was niece. Right. Niece, if you can't be good, just be good at it. Wow. And so I, I say that all the time to my students when I know they're not going to do what I ask them to do. I'm like, well, you know what? If you can't be good, just be good at it. Right. So yeah, yeah. carrying those kind of little sayisms that um, we hear, our, we heard our ancestors say that maybe at that time we didn't understand what they right. were talking about. You know, my uncle wanted me to be great, um, but he also recognized that. You know, I, I can, I had a little uh, of him in me <laughs> and right. a little feisty. So um, he recognized that. Um, I had another uncle, he used to say, reach beyond the broke. I had no clue what that meant as a little girl. I'm like, what do you mean right. beyond the broke? But it was just saying that even when you get to your wits end, mm -hmm. 
just reach beyond where it's breaking and that yeah. way you still hold on. So those things now make sense to me. And I say it out loud as a way of one to remind me of that. I need that encouragement yeah. uh, but then also to honor my ancestors. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And so now, uh, you know, before we run out of time, I definitely want to talk about uh, strategies for coping with grief. I think number one thing I want to leave with is recognize that it's okay to create a new tradition. It's okay to extend a tra tradition. So let's say the tradition is, you know, you cook the certain meal a certain way or you go to a certain place and that person is no longer there. It's okay to say, oh, well, let's do X, Y, Z now. Don't let things just stop because that person is no longer there to share. What would they want you to do? You know, mm -hmm. so I remember growing up in the church, they always say life is for the living, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't want, just because that person died doesn't mean your life now dies. You still need to live life. So create new traditions. Um, and in that you will create new memories. Um, another thing that's important is to talk, mm -hmm. pull out the family albums, Tell the stories that the pictures are depicting. Um, I have a little memory table that I have in my office where I have things that are significant to those people, those ancestors that are no longer with me, as well as my dog. I have her leash, her favorite toy. Um, but I have that uncle that I talked about. I have his Bible. He was a pastor. And I have I have his Bible um, on my table. And every now and then when I have those moments, I call them grief spurts, where I'm you know, really thinking about them and I'm really missing them. I just light the little candle on my table and I just say their name out loud, right? Um, so that's something that you can do. You can have a memory wall where you have pictures of different memories instead of just keeping it closed in the photo album, having it there. Um, be around people. Don't mm -hmm. isolate. Be around people who celebrate you, people who love you. Um, that's so important. And then I think the last thing, and not that there has to be a last thing, um, is to make sure that you take care of you. You restore your soul. Mm -hmm. um, and we have mm -hmm. to be even more intentional about that. Um, and so what does that look like? It could look like um, allowing yourself an extra hour of sleep. It could look like going out for a walk for fresh air. Um those things are so important. I mentioned the book, The Body Keeps Score, and it talks about trauma and that kind of thing. Grief, some grief is traumatic. Um, it's important to move your body. That is really the number one thing that really helps us move through trauma is the movement of our bodies because it then, if we don't, it just festers and um, our cells change. It's, it's not a good look. Wow. And then I'm thinking for me, definitely prayer meditation. Yes, that's, that's that's a plus, and that's that's a I gotta have, you know. It just it just centers me, and so I, you know, you've said so many good things on this morning, but unfortunately, we're almost out of time. So if you would just give us some final thoughts, yeah, um, yeah, cool. This has been fun. Um, I think number one, let's reframe grieving and let's see it as a way of honoring that person that we um, lost. Um, number two, make sure that you surround yourself with people you love and people who love you um, and tell those stories, share, share those stories, share those feelings, be vulnerable um, and ask in three, I would say, tell people how you need them to show up for you. Don't assume um, that that person is going to show up or assume that they know what you need in that moment. Um, as my mom used to always say, use your words, yeah. <laughs> <Use> your words. <laughs> You have to communicate and then um, show up, yeah. show up for people 
they will show up for you. But if you're not willing to show up for others, there's a verse that says, um, I think it's a verse that says, in order to be a friend, you must first show yourself. Yes. Right. Yes. And so show up for others more than just a text, um, actually show up for them and in a way that they know that you're there for them. Yeah, I, I go back to you said even you didn't go inside. You let your friend know well, when you're ready to talk. I'm outside. I'll, you know, I'll sit here and read a book. That's amazing. I mean, that's and that's sacrificial. I mean, because I'm sure you had some things to do, but you were physically she knew that if I, she's outside. So yeah. that's a good thing. I like that. So I think we got to get away from the texting and the, you know, posting on social media, but really, really just physically uh, letting people know how much you really support them as they go through. Yes. Flip on it. But you know, listen, Dr. Lawson, this has been wonderful, uh, perfect time to do it during the holiday season. And the information that you've shared on this morning is just vital to our listeners. And so, but before we leave, Dr. Lawson, I want to give you the opportunity uh, to say good morning or shout some people out. So who would you like to uh, say good morning to? Oh, I have so many. Um, but of course, I have to first shout out the Conway chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Ooh, ooh. Uh, when I was living there, they welcomed me with open arms and I truly, truly appreciate the friendships that were uh, made at, in that chapter. And I want to shout out to my mentor, Dr. Carrie Brown. Um, she has definitely been one to, has been my uh, angel on earth um, and such a great role model. So I'm going but I want to shout her out. And her husband, Thomas Brown, he's he's awesome. He makes good, good food. He's my stomach full. <laughs> you know, she has that shopping connection, that Georgetown connection. She is yeah. awesome. Thank you for having me. This has been great. And, and again, thank you for being on, Dr. Lawson. We got to get you back on soon. And we often say that, but I definitely mean that. Um, as always, a very special shout out goes out to this uh, amazing radio station. Shout out to you, all of our wonderful listeners. And extra, extra shout out to all of our sponsors. Would not be able to do Sound Off without our sponsors. I want to shout my grandson, Jace. My man, man, who just celebrated his second birthday. Uh, happy birthday to Jay's. Happy birthday uh, to my friend Regina, uh, who just celebrated birthday. Regina uh, Treadwell Pertel. And uh, to my family in the Dunbar community, always sending some love out to you. Until next time, God bless you. Remember, we sound off. And you can sound off too. Hey, hey, hey. Our youth are being heard on Sound Off. 98.5 KISS FM. Sound, sound, sound. sound.